0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Mock Draft Monday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED20 and you'll get 20% off of your next order. It's a fresh week here at Locked on Saints. And on today's episode, we've got a busy Saturday to recap. But first, it is Mock Draft Monday after all. So we'll take a look over with our friends over at the Draft Network. This time, Jordan Reed sends a familiar face to the New Orleans Saints to aid in a possible loss on the defensive side. We'll talk about that pick and another impact player landing in the NFC South. Then we'll take a look back at the weekend and get started with the first of three moves, two separate reports coming down this week. We'll start off with the first one about the re-signing of wide receiver running back hybrid Ty Montgomery. We'll talk about why the Saints brought him back and what it could mean for the upcoming week as the New Orleans Saints look to shave off some expenses. And then we'll wrap up with that second report, moves two and three from Saturday as the Saints restructured the contracts of both Cameron Jordan and Demario Davis, how much they saved, how they did it, and what it says about the Saints' plans beyond 2021. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host with the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. my family let's get to it as we open up a fresh week here at locked on saints once again welcome in, and i appreciate you as always for being here so we're going to start off with our mock draft monday segment it's jordan reed over at the draft network who sends a familiar face to the new orleans saints to help over on the defensive side trayvon morig the safety out of tcu the horn fraud six foot one 208 pounds versatile deep safety plays very well cover one cover three single high safety looks but also has some experience playing in those split safety roles as well not a guy though that you want playing against the run top down does have some missed tackling issues but you know what we saw marcus williams clean those up last year i think we can uh sort of expect that any rookie coming in could clean up any of those concerns as well there's no doubt about the fact that morig's Uh, game essentially would immediately translate to fill the role of Marcus Williams. Now, the Saints, of course, plan to prioritize Marcus Williams to keep him in New Orleans. So that's certainly what we hope they'll be able to get done either before the uh, free agency market opens up or very, very soon after so that they don't have to deal with as much competition. But if they're not able to re-sign Marcus Williams, Morick, would be a great option, along with probably a free agent as well. I don't think that I would wait around until the draft to address such an important position, that sort of captain of the secondary there. He'd probably go for a one-year deal in free agency, Trey Boston, maybe Malik Hooker, Jaquiski Tart, somewhere around there. And then you bring in Trevon Morrig in the first round if he's available and if he's your BPA on the board. That way he could be your safety for the future, but then the Saints could take that one-year deal with a free agent so that the need isn't there when they go to the draft, if that makes sense. That would basically be the best-case scenario if the Saints lost Marcus Williams. The absolute best, best best-case scenario, though, be not losing Marcus Williams at all. So that's a pick that we have seen for the New Orleans Saints a few times. It's actually a pretty popular pick for the Saints to go Trevon Morrig out of TCU. So I wanted to take a look as well, since we've talked about Morrig before, See if anybody around the NFC South did anything interesting. And certainly as the Saints bolstered their defense, this time it was the Carolina Panthers and Jordan Reed's mock who ended up trading up to add an elite quarterback, Ohio State's Justin Fields. Now to do so, they traded up from eight to three, sent away some future picks as well in order to get up there to take Justin Fields down. Now, Fields is still my QB, two in this draft class. Now, I know that there was always that yearly offseason push by another quarterback, and right now, Zach Wilson is very much benefiting from that, but Justin Fields is still very much my QB, two. But then we would get Justin Fields versus Trevon Morig, which would be a pretty good matchup for years to come, though they never face one another in college. And of course, I don't know how comfortable the Saints would be basically after some of the uh, key performances that we've seen over the past couple of years, how comfortable they'd be having a mobile quarterback in the division. Last year was kind of uh, relaxing for the pass rush a bit, particularly during the regular season. You know, having Matt Ryan, who's not very mobile, having Teddy Bridgewater, who can extend plays, but wants to stay in the pocket, holds on to the ball, all those things. And then Tom Brady, who, of course, is a statue in the pocket, if you can get the pressure on him. Unfortunately, they weren't able to Translate that to the playoffs, but they certainly fed off of exactly that with these quarterbacks in the NFC South over the regular season. Justin Fields would certainly throw a wrench into that scheme for them because they'd be going against one of the most athletic uh, quarterbacks in the NFL in that case almost immediately, right? Unless there was sort of a transitionary period from Teddy Bridgewater to Justin Fields, but We'll see exactly how it all works out, but so the Saints in this draft, they get their safety to replace Marcus Williams, assuming that they lost them in this scenario here, and then the Carolina Panthers get their quarterback to replace Teddy Bridgewater either immediately or very soon. I would say very soon, mid-season, sort of the to a of Iloa type of situation, or at the latest next year. So. A great draft here. You can check out the rest over at thedraftnetwork.com. Once again, at Jordan Reed's Mock Draft 6.0. Go ahead and check it out. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at some of the moves that the Saints did make this weekend. They started off early, early on Saturday morning to make three key moves, two key reports. We'll break them down here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day and don't forget that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action you can go and check right now divisional odds are up take a look at where the new orleans saints sit and then maybe come back and take a look at where they sit after free agency certainly will do that as well to get a good look at how free agency shakes up the division but even though football might be over there's still so much to take a look at with all the futures nba college basketball and nhl in full swing and of course mlb right around the corner as well. You got real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine over at betonline.ag. The best way to place your bets and best of all, it's free to sign up. So just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Right, y'all rolling right along with today's episode of locked on saints but don't forget to check out the locked on today podcast as well selection sunday is a week away and there will be a number of acc teams left out of the tournament what went wrong with the acc this season get more of the sports news that you need in less time with the locked on today podcast subscribe to locked on today wherever you get your podcast all right so jumping into our second segment here today I want to take a look at the first of two reports that came out Early, early, early Saturday morning as the Saints were getting some early morning accounting done on the weekend. First off, the Saints signing Ty Montgomery running back slash wide receiver hybrid to a one year deal. He signed in New Orleans last year, spent some time in New Orleans, of course, there. So this is essentially a re-sign for the Saints. Ended up signing in New Orleans because he felt like he would be paired with a team and a coach that would know how to use him. He appeared in 10 or fewer percent of offensive snaps in four games Missed a lot of time with injury as well, but did appear in 21% and 69% of offensive snaps in the final two contests of the season. And in that final game, week 17, he was essentially the savior of the running back group. The entire running back room, except for Tony Jones Jr., he ended up getting injured early on in that game, was not allowed to participate due to COVID protocols in close contact after Alvin Kamara tested positive for the coronavirus. So despite... Having rushed at up to that point for only one carry and minus four yards all season, Montgomery went off for 105 rushing yards against the Carolina Panthers on just 18 carries, averaging nearly six yards per. Big, big day for Ty Montgomery. He was active for the second, uh, for the divisional round up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but didn't get an opportunity to do much in the playoffs but regardless the saints bring him back they liked what they saw enough of course he spent most of his time with the wide receivers during the regular season up until he was sort of thrust into that lead running back position to wrap up the season it's a one-year vet minimum contract for the new orleans saints in terms of the financials here how does this affect new orleans well it's a $990,000 base salary with a 137 dollars signing bonus. Now, that one thirty-seven point five, dollars that signing bonus doesn't count against the Saints cap at all. This is all within the purview of the new CBA. And in fact, that $990,000 base salary is actually going to carry a cap hit of just $850,000 thanks to the CBA's veteran salary benefit. We saw the Saints take advantage of this a bunch last season looks like they're going to continue to do so this year. And then the impact on the actual signing itself actually ends up being less than $200,000 because this new deal pushes someone else out of the top 51. Remember, the Saints can carry around 90 folks on their roster right now, but only the top 51 actually count against the salary cap. So he ends up creating some space where he then ends up filling in with his new contract. Now, What does the signing of Ty Montgomery actually mean? Well, obviously, it means that the Saints like Ty Montgomery, right? They like what he was able to do, his versatility. This is a big deal for Sean Payton and for the New Orleans Saints, particularly in an offseason where the salary cap is dropping, which is something that no one could have planned for at any point. They're going to look for guys that can do more than one thing, and Ty Montgomery is absolutely one of them. Like I mentioned, he played a lot of wide receiver for the Saints early on in the season in those first few games that he was able to appear before dealing with injuries on and off throughout the year but then ended up playing running back and then having a 100-yard rushing day against Carolina to wrap it up. But he also plays special teams. He's a very good pass blocker. So he brings a lot to the table. The other thing is, it doesn't just mean anything sort of specific to Ty Montgomery. It could mean something else for another guy in the running back room. It might be worth actually watching for Latavius Murray's name this week. Now, I'm not saying that he should be cut, but certainly he can be based upon the financials. He's due about 4.2 million dollars this season, which means that the Saints could save two and a half billion dollars if they move on from him right now, or 3.3 if they designate him as a post-June 1 release. Although Latavius Murray does bring you great assets as a runner blocker and has also proven himself as a pass catcher as well, does the price tag make sense with his production? That's something that the Saints have been working on over the past few weeks as they've been going through their roster reviews, and now they'll have to dictate moving forward. So definitely keep an eye on uh, on Latavius Murray. But if the Saints walked in at 2021 with Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, and Ty Montgomery again, and maybe even Dwayne Washington back in that mix since they like him for his special teams contributions, that would be a really, really good place for the Saints to start off. But remember, Dwayne Washington, already a free agent for the New Orleans Saints here in this season. So even if they weren't able to bring Washington back, still a pretty good lineup to walk in with those three guys that contribute so many different ways, both on offense and on special teams. We know how much the Saints like that. And we also know how much the Saints like proving the haters around the NFL wrong when it comes to the salary cap. And they've already started their way again, clearing up double digits when it comes to cap space with a couple of moves, just two moves. On Saturday to follow up the Ty Montgomery signing, we'll talk about what happened with Cam Jordan and Demario Davis's contract, how they did it and what it means as they move forward through the future with the black and gold. We'll talk about all of that here. In just a moment to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, we've been telling you about the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and the best tasting protein bar ever made, covered in 100% chocolate. But now it's time to find out the best Built Bar flavor out there, it's Built Bar Madness. Head over to BuiltBar.com or at Built underscore Bar on Twitter to get your votes in for our Built Bar Madness Up. Today's matchups are going to be Apple Almond Crisp Bar going up against Churro Puff, Peanut Butter Brownie going up against Raspberry. So go cast your votes. Make sure that your voices are heard as we find out which Built Bar flavor is the absolute best. Best built bar out there. So go and check them out. And of course, don't forget to pick up a box of your own so that you know what you're voting on. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on 2020 to get 20% off your next order. That's locked on 20 to get 20% off of your next order over at builtbar.com. And make sure to check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting built bar. Get it, Houdan Nation? We know that Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson could be on the move this season, so make sure you tune in to Locked on Seahawks and Locked on Texans to hear from all of our local experts that are willing to trade for their star quarterbacks. Listen to Locked on Seahawks and Locked on Texans on Radio.com or wherever you get your podcast. We know, of course, the New Orleans Saints may be in the mix a little bit for that Russell Wilson trade. Certainly, they were named as one of those potential teams for Russell Wilson. Maddie Hudak came on at the end of last week's uh, run of episodes on the Friday episode to talk about what she would give for the New Orleans Saints. I visited with Corbin. I gave him my offer as well. So go and check those out all throughout last week, as well as this week's episodes. You guys doing a lot of hard work when you have a quarterback to potentially get shipped off for a ton of picks. But thankfully, the Saints are not in that specific situation, but they're still in a situation in that they have to dig their way out of the salary cap. Now, you know just as well as I do, they're going to be just fine. And the only reason why any of this happened is because of the fact that the salary cap is dropping for the first time in forever because of the COVID-19 global pandemic. So hard to plan for anything like that. There are a lot of good things coming forward here. As you might have noticed, there's still no final salary cap named, at least at this moment. Now, of course, you know how it goes. As soon as I record these episodes, they're going to end up being somewhat out of date. So we'll see what happens by the time that you're hearing this. Maybe we do have the actual uh, salary cap at this point. But As of right now, we don't have it as I'm recording. And because of that, the Saints are kind of taking their time, making some more of the smaller, meticulous moves, a little bit more roster evaluation decisions versus return on investment more than anything else than it has been, you know, the bigger sort of like wider swathing moves to really jettison the Saints below the salary cap. Now, until Saturday morning, when we saw a little bit more of a larger gesture, a larger move to get them a good double digit cap relief chunk out of the way that came with Cam Jordan and Demario Davis having their contracts restructured. So, we'll talk about each contract, how they were restructured, and how much money it saved. We'll talk about how all of this happened and then what it means for the Saints as well as these players moving forward, not just for the 2021 season, but also beyond. So, Cam Jordan's restructure saves the Saints $9.54 million. Demario Davis's million, a total combined together $13.45 million. So if you had the Saints right around the $63 to $59 million mark you would see around, now you're kind of looking at them somewhere around the either low 50 or high $40 million overage mark. And then you factor in the Ty Montgomery signing, which again, really only has a cap hit of about 190 million. Excuse $190,000 at all. So after Saturday, that's kind of where you can see them be, around the low 50s, high 40s at this time. Now, how were they able to do this? Well, the restructure for each of these contracts took large portions of both Jordan and Davis's salaries, turned them into signing bonuses, and then spread that cap hit out over the next four or next few years, I'll say, because it goes into 2024, which in one case is avoidable year. And in another case, there's actually some salary there. So now Cam Jordan's gonna carry a double-digit dead money amount into 2023 when he's 34 years old. And in that same amount of time, Davis is gonna carry a seven plus million dollar dead cap total into his 34th year and his. 2013 season as well. So, what does this mean for the team? Well, it means major cap relief right now. It means larger cap hits for both of these players now moving forward through the rest of their contract. Remember, the Saints extended DeMario Davis in the second game of the season in 2021. Cam Jordan was extended ahead of the 2019 season. So this is something that they sort of set up for themselves already. We know how the Saints work their salary. We know how they work these contracts. But the other part of it is that it essentially means that they've successfully tied themselves to both of these players for the long haul, which in my opinion is a good thing. These are both very good players. These are both very key players to their defense. Let's explain how this ends up tying them down. As we mentioned that pushes money deeper into their contracts. So you add more guaranteed money toward the back end of their deals, makes it a little bit harder to move on from those players at a later point, unless you plan on extending them and then restructuring the deal based on that extension. So this brings Cam Jordan one step closer to being a lifer in New Orleans, which is something he said he's always wanted. He wants to get to the top of that franchise sack list. He wants to be a guy that's at the top of those lists amongst the franchise record book, and he wants to be a lifer in New Orleans. This now moves him one step closer as the Saints again, carrying over ten million dollars of dead money into his thirty-fourth year and thirty-fourth uh, year of life, and in the twenty twenty-three season for the New Orleans Saints, Demario Davis also well on his course, potentially finishing his uh, career. As a New Orleans Saint, with this extension, or excuse me, restructure as well, following the extension that he received earlier in the 2020 season. So that's how it affects each of these players. This is good news for the Saints, though, because it also reconfirms that the Saints are not in a rebuild; that instead they're looking at remaining competitive with some of their best in the building. Remember, the Saints' number one, number one priority each offseason. Is retention, retaining the players that are already in the building. This, of course, neither of these players were heading anywhere this offseason, except there was, you know, some speculation amongst the fan base that maybe Cam Jordan could be a trade piece or could be moved on from. I never really saw that happening. And here you see it right away. That's not happening. Cam Jordan's not going anywhere. Demario Davis isn't going anywhere. The Saints set themselves up in retaining both of these key pieces for their defense, not only for the season but moving forward through the next few seasons as well. Now, where will that money go? That's going to be the fun part. And that's why we're going to keep you updated every step of the way as this week is set to be a crazy week. Hopefully, we'll get the final salary cap soon as we are now one week away from Monday the 15th when the legal tampering window opens. This is when the surprises are going to begin. We might hear a surprise name cut only so that a week later we might hear a surprise name signed. Be ready for the roller coaster free agency. Buckle up because the highs and the lows are very much on their way and we'll keep you up to date with every single step, big old loop-de-loop, every hard turn. We've got you covered here with Locked on Saints, so make sure that you come and visit us here every Monday through Friday. We'll see you tomorrow with our Twitter Tuesday and then continue on throughout our week, keeping you up to date with everything going on with your New Orleans Saints. I appreciate y'all and much love to everybody. Thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe, drop that five-star rating, and review. I thank you so much for all your support. And for helping me grow this family, this has been Locked on Saints. And trust you that nation, I'll holler at you.